fulfill your promises are yes and amen, Jesus. And as we hear this word of God, we believe that, yes, your word is going to strengthen us, your word is going to nourish us, and you are going to rise in us, Jesus, that we could come closer and we be prepared for your second coming. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. So today is a day two of our uh, 40 days of Lenten reflection. And uh, yesterday we see that the ashes and the morning all represent the Old Testament. As in the ancient times, the prophets and the children of God used to wear sackcloth, mourn for days and pray for repentance. But if you see to the New Testament, of course, Jesus fasted, but they never mourned so much because they believed in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And uh, today we see, today we uh, we see that do we need to be under law, the old covenant, or be under grace? Because uh, today I would like to explain a little bit of what is law and what is grace. And we, the children of God, in the new covenant, obviously fall under, under the covenant of grace. Because God has given us the law so that we are right with God. But we most of the time fail to keep his commandments and and then and that is why god had to give law and all these things what happened in the old testament now most of the times what we think is the grace is only found in the new testament and not not in the old testament and most of us you know believe that grace is just a new testament concept it's a new testament covenant but if you actually read the scriptures, the old and the new, that grace is, is there in the Old Testament as well and also continues in the New Testament. Because the grace itself is, is something called the unmerited favor. And it's there throughout the entire scripture, what we need to understand. And if you read in the book of John 1.17, Let's turn our Bible to the book of John 1, 17. I'll read that for you. It says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. Law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So we can understand from this passage that the Old Testament is about law and the New Testament is about grace. Of course, but for some, for, for certain time we can think that, but also in the Old Testament, there is also grace was there in the Old Testament. And we need to focus on those things but because God has always been very gracious, even to the old times of the prophets and also to the new covenant people. Though Jesus is not there in the Old Testament, physically he didn't walk in the Old Testament, he was in the New Testament, we couldn't say or we will not say that grace was not there in the Old Testament. Grace was very much there in the New Testament. And if you read in the book of Timothy, if you turn your Bibles, to the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 1. And I'll just read that for you.
2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. It says, He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I'll read that again. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now, God's grace is a foundation which the entire gospel is built on. Now, we all know that without God's grace, salvation is impossible. Because as a, as a new covenant believers, this is the truth which we all hold on. We know that without grace, salvation is impossible. And that is why we need to understand that grace was there in the Old Testament and grace is there in the New Testament as well. Now, if we, if we go through the Old Testament, we understand, now you will ask, where was grace? But if you read in, in, the, in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 8, it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, if we read the, in the, the entire book of Genesis, there was absolute wickedness and evil was there in the hearts of the men. And in fact, God grieved so much that he actually regretted why he created them. And he was ready to wipe out the entire mankind, if we read the book of Genesis. But then again, there was only this one man who was righteous, who was faithful, and he was committed to walking with God. And that was Noah. Now, Noah was not a perfect man. Of course, he was just like you and me, but he had this constant faith in God. He was righteous uh, in his living. And then... God chose to save his family from all kind of destruction. And that is absolutely his grace. Now, if you also read in the book, uh, in the book of Genesis uh, about the story of Abraham and Sarah. Now, Abraham and Sarah, God has given them a promise. But there were a lot of instances and situations or challenges which they faced was their unbelief and disobedience. Because uh, they felt that Okay, God has promised, but he's not answering. Where is the promise? And this was going on. And even in during the time where Abraham goes and tells to the king that Shara is my sister. You know, all these things happen. And when God gave the promise to Sarah, there was also a moment when Sarah laughed. And he thought, would this really happen? Would this promise come to pass? I'm past my age. To, to give birth to a child. And then what she does is, because of that unbelief and chaos and confusion, she went and told Abraham, okay, I think it's, God has given this promise probably not for me. I think you need to sleep with another woman. And then she lets in Hagar to come to the picture. However, still, though there was disbelief and disobedience by Abraham and Sarah, God remained faithful to his promise. And that was absolutely grace and if you see that the biggest picture was Moses in, in the old covenant God gave the law to Moses 
And if you read in the book of Exodus chapter 4 verse 13, it says, But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Because Moses, if you read the scriptures keenly, Moses always doubted God at every turn, turn of his life. Like most of us do I mean, in today's modern culture, though we are in grace, though we know Jesus died on the cross, though we know he shed his blood, we often doubt God when it comes to certain situations. If our dreams are not fulfilled, if our desires are not fulfilled, if something didn't go right as per what we intended to be or as what we thought of, we'd start doubting God and we bring in unbelief in our spirit. Now imagine in the old covenant, still God showed them grace. Because Moses, if you see, he was most of the time not willing to do the will of God. He was stubborn, he was arrogant, he always doubted. Lord, he said, I cannot speak good, I am like this. And you know, all kind of excuses Moses used to give. But one thing that was that Moses, when he started to believe, he started learning to be faithful to God. And we are also learning about Christ. We all are learners. There's nobody perfect. Even now when we're in the new, new covenant, when we fall under grace, we all are still learning about Jesus. We are still learning about the Holy Spirit. We are still learning. So we all are learning in the kingdom of God and we are still waiting and learning. And that's what Moses did. And that's when, though he was a murderer, you know, God has chosen him as a leader and then he showed his absolute grace. And the, and the biggest generation is the Israelites. We all know the story of Israelites and how they grumbled against God, how they murmured and complained and worshipped idols. Time and again, they used to rebel against God. And he and God was vexed. He says that if you read in the book of Jeremiah, and he says that I have grieved for 40 years. I have cried for 40 years. I was angry for 40 years with the people of Israel. But still, if you see, his love for Israel, Israel is, is so much unconditional. Though they have sinned and though they have rebelled against God, God has always sorted after Israel, always sorted after his people. That's absolutely grace. Because God showed them so much grace, though they didn't deserve it, but he has showed them unconditional grace. And today, even we and most of the nations and kingdoms are like just like Israelites. The, the wickedness in the nations, the, the things what they do, the iniquities, the transgressions, and all these things, the disobedience you know, of, of God's law is, is exactly the, what, what was done in the old covenant. But still, God is so loving, so merciful, so kind that he shows us unconditional love to, it, love to us. And also, if you, if you see about King David, we all know the story of King David, how God chose him and how he sinned against God by lusting after the other woman. He killed, he was a murderer. But if you read the book of Psalms, we totally understand that how he earned for God. He sinned and rebelled against God. He was a murderer. And if you read Psalms 51, 1, it says, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. And today the Lord wants you and me, each one of us, you know, though, though we are under the grace, though we are under the covenant, covenant of God, sometimes we have this, the, the accuser of brethren, the Satan, the devourer, 
the the liar the devil who's always trying to tempt us who's always trying to put us in a fix in kinds of confusions and chaos and most of the time when we are weak in the faith of god we get completely trapped by the enemy but when we realize that we've been trapped by the enemy and when we realize that yes we've sinned against god just like david we need to go unto god's feet and say lord wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin you know that's when god comes into us and he says yes i am more than willing to cleanse you i'm more than willing to make all your sins white as snow he says that because david was the ultimate example of god's unmerited favor and because he was constantly running towards god he sinned against god but if you read the psalms it also tells that how much he was clinging unto god and and he always wanted that love from god and he wrote so many uh, psalms if if you read that how he exalted god how he praised about his creation all those things because the turning point in david's life that he turned away from his sin and he repented and that is absolutely grace that is absolutely grace and today we understand that grace is not just a subject or it is not just a topic where where we discuss because grace is a person and that person is jesus and today because of this person we can have relationship with this person called jesus now god is not so much interested in all kind of sacrifices and all these things but if you do not have a relationship with god it god's heart will not be pleased because what god earns if you see the old testament and the new testament god always wants to have a relationship with him he wants to have that communion with him which most of us whether in the old testament or in the new covenant most of the people lack is a communion with jesus we have the grace we know what grace is we, we know the good things what god has done on the cross but most of the time what we lack is a relationship with jesus you know and that is why that covenant becomes more stronger when we have a relationship with jesus and that is why god so loved the world that he said i have sent my only begotten son and to die a cruel death on the cross to pay the complete death of our sins and this was the absolute jesus sacrifice on the cross and that was the relationship what he had because if you read in the book of 2 corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 to 20 it says that he came to reconcile sinful man with the holy god as a result of this holy cross because the son of god was punished for all our sins our iniquities once and for all god is not going to come every year and go through the same process of or the journey and die on the cross we need to understand that he has done that once and for all once and for all he paid the price on the cross once and for all we are being dead of our sins on the cross we've been crucified for our fleshly desires on the cross when jesus was on the cross that means in other words we could say that the judgment was already executed the anger 
what God had towards his people because of his rebellious nature, because of sin nature, everything God has exhibited on that cross. And the blood of Jesus has removed every sin from our lives. And that is why today, church, we believe in the finished work of the cross. It is finished. We, we, we are not uh, going to be sinners and, and, and you know continue that sin life because we are no longer debtor to the sin or slaves to sin, but we are slaves to grace. Because the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 13, and, and if you read in the one book, uh, in the book of 1 John 2, 12, let's, let's turn our Bibles to Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. And let's see what the Bible says here. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. It says, And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Amen. And it says in the 14th verse that blotting out the handwriting of audiences that was against us, which was contrary to us, and it took out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Amen. And that is why we now believe in the finished work of the cross. The finished work of Jesus. Jesus already has done it. Now, we don't have to do anything to prove God that we are righteous. We just have to have faith in Christ that he has already done this. Because if you turn your Bibles in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 12 to 14. Book of Hebrews, chapter 10. It says, book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 12 to 14. It says, by, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest... Standard daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin, which is talking about the old covenant. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. Amen. So in, in, the, in the Old Testament, the priest used to offer sacrifices and, and uh, do the blood atonement every year for the sins of the people though he used to do every year day and night the men's sins were not forgiven there was no rest for the old old covenant uh, priest because they never sat down continuously they used to offer prayers uh, and then they used to offer all these kind of sacrifices no matter how much they sacrifices and and shed the blood of the rams and the bulls but it could never take away the sins of the people but in the 12th verse, if you see, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Amen. 
he sat down that is jesus sat down and he was honored at god's right hand because by what that one offering what he did made us perfect because for god is perfect for god is holy for god is righteous because his finished work on the cross was offered as one sacrifice forever and when we receive jesus christ into our lives we are perfected forever no longer we are in the old covenant of sin and the sin conscious but we are in the new covenant under the grace under the finished work of cross with the mentality the mindset of righteousness of christ jesus but today even though we we have many believers who are constantly struggling to believe that they are being perfected by god's death on the cross they still have this sin conscious mentality they still put on the old man they still put on the the flesh and they don't believe in the finished work of jesus christ because what happens is they still believe and they still depend on their self effort they think that i need to do something i need to achieve something i need to do this i need to we don't have to do anything that's what the lord says because jesus did it all he he did it by himself he did everything all we need to do because the hebrew says in the book of chapter 4 verse 1 he says now you need to just rest on god's promises god is saying that you need to rest on god's promises if you turn your bibles to the book of hebrews chapter 4 it says let us therefore fear lest the promise be left us of entering into his rest and of you should seem to come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them but the word preached did not profit them them is the old covenant people not being mixed with faith in them that heard it that means here the author is saying that they could not rest on the promises of god because they did not have faith in god and that's why it did not benefit them and in the third verse it says for we which have believed do enter into the rest now because we the chosen generation of christ jesus who believe in the finished work of cross can enter into god's rest because we are having that faith in jesus christ and he says for we which have believed do enter into rest as he said as i have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world now god has already designed and planned even before the creations of the world the birth the death the crucifixion the resurrection the second coming everything is been done planned even before adam was thought of and that is why we are the children of god that this generation have this promises of god to be resting in the promises of god now sometimes we also would think that you know how i can be fully assured that all my sins are being forgiven you know that that's the time most of the time we we struggle with that's a, the mentality or the thought process what you and me have most of the time sometimes we do something and we think okay uh, is all my sins are being forgiven you know but because the bible says in the ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 so to answer to that question we need to turn to our bibles the book of ephesians chapter 10 chapter 1 verse 20 and let's read what the bible says in the book of ephesians it says which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead 
and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Amen. God is now seated in the right hand places. He's seated there in the heavenlies because he has already accomplished the task what God, the Father has given to him on the cross. He's done it and he's paid the sins. That means you and me are forgiven of our past, of our present and our future sins as well. And we are completely under the grace of God and under the completely the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that is why God has finished his work. Unlike the Old Testament priests. In the Old Testament, the priests never sat down. There were no chairs to, for them to sit down wherein they could, you know, say that, okay, we are done with our task. We, we are done. No, if, if you see the, 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 the picture of the tabernacle, you know, the Holy of Holies and the, the first part, the second part, if you, if you read, or go through the, the old covenant about the, the tabernacle and all these things, the priest never sat down and said, okay, it's finished. But only in the new covenant, Jesus, when he died, he paid the price once and for all and he sat down with, with the Father in heaven at, at, at Jesus at the right hand. Because, and that means when Jesus sat down at the Father's right hand, as we just read in the book of Ephesians, it demonstrates to us that the work is indeed finished. It is absolutely finished because the blood of bulls and goats could not take away our sins, but the blood of Jesus has taken away our sins once and for all. Amen. And now if you read in the same chapter of book of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 to 6, it says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, that is by grace we are saved. And the sixth verse it says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now this is the promise and and the and the uh, what god has given to each one of us he not only sat with the father along with jesus we are also being seated in the heavenly places with our father amen and that's a good news church because he says that he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in christ jesus Amen. Because of the faith what we have in Jesus. That's because of the faith what we have in the finished work of Jesus. And that is why church, more than being sin conscious, we need to be righteousness conscious. Because we need to understand the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and that is why today not just Jesus alone sitting with the Father, but we are also sitting in the heavenly places. Because if you, if you see in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, God shared his, his glory with no man. With no man he shared his glory. But in the New Covenant, God reveals his glory in man because Jesus is living inside of us. The glory, the power, the majestic, the authority, everything is inside of us. He is inside of us. That's what the Bible says. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. 
And now we are the partakers and sharers of this divine nature of Jesus. And when we began to discover that who we are in Christ, our, even our thinking will start being changing towards Christ. We will be slowly inclined to the works of Christ and we put on the mind of Christ. And then like Romans 12, 12 says, be renewed. Because when we know that who we are in Christ Jesus, when we know that Christ is inside of us, and then our mindset, our thoughts, our actions, also everything, there would be a change. Because when we believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ, everything breaks down because it's we have not done anything to, to achieve a place in the heavenly realms. In the heavenly places to be seated at the right part. It is Jesus because Jesus loves us so much and the Father loves loves us so much that he had to send his Jesus to be crucified, to be crushed for all our iniquities, for all our transgressions. He was pierced, he was wounded. Amen. Because now this new nature in us, the Christ nature in us will make us to cling unto Jesus so that we could walk even more closer to Jesus. Because in the old covenant, the one who sins shall die. But in the new covenant, if any man sins, the Bible says that we have the advocate with the father because Jesus is righteous. Amen. So if he sin, we shouldn't sin first of all. But if he sin, if we fall under the trap of temptation, we have our advocate, Jesus, who's interceding for us, who's willing to forgive our sins. And we need to quickly repent of our sin when we turn and we need to quickly go at the feet of Jesus. Because in, in the Bible it says the new covenant makes us the sons and daughters of the Most High God. But in the old covenant they, it was like slaves. So there are a lot of changes in the old and the new covenant. Grace was there even then. Grace is there even now. But a lot of things changes and, and, and it comes to new covenant grace. Because now we focus more on the finished work of cross. The, uh, when God gave law to Moses, it was in the tablets, on the stone. But the Bible says in the New Covenant, God says, now I will put my law in their, in their hearts and their mind. They will have a new spirit. Now God's law is written in our heart, in our spirit man. Now Christ did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Because the law is fulfilled only by the Christ Jesus. And, and that is why it says, because we thought that we could do a list of things and we can please God and then he will bless us. But that is absolutely the old covenant uh, thought process. But now we are no longer under the covenant of law because we see Jesus' death on the cross and the death on the cross has completely fulfilled the law. Amen. Because the Bible says in the book of Matthew 5.17, it says that he came to fulfill all the requirements of the law on our behalf so that the way of God is now open. All that we were unable to do, Jesus did on our behalf. Amen. Jesus has did it all on the cross church. Everything. And we should not go on sinning again and again. We cannot willfully sin. Because the Bible talks about it. If you willfully sin, there's no remission for sins. 
because God doesn't want us to keep on sinning. And, and that is contradicting for God's death on the cross. We can't keep sinning. Because the Bible says that when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard of righteousness. If you read the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 20. And it says that now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. And also it says in the verse 22, you also have died to the law, to the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. Amen. And if you read in the book of Romans 7, 4, that the law is sin by no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, and you shall not covet. Amen. And that is why we should not lose heart and we should not continue to fall into sin. Because the only true concern is that if we continue to practice sin, that becomes a pattern and becomes a lifestyle. And when there, when there is a point when there is no conviction of sin, and that is a warning sign, church, that we need to be cautious and we need to get up from that and say, no, this is leading somewhere else. And that is why, like Paul said, I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive of the law of sin that dwells in my members. And like him, I cried, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? But then we give thanks unto Jesus. Thanks be to God, to Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. And that is why we need to, if you read the book of Romans, it tells clearly more about the law and what does law do and how grace is coming into the picture. Because whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. If you read in book 1 uh, John chapter 3, verse 10, it says that, and whoever makes a practice of sinning is of devil, 1 John 8. He, the, the author is saying very clearly in the book of 1 John is saying whoever, John is saying whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil and whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. 1 John 2 4. So here God is saying and the, the, the author is saying the, uh, John is saying that we cannot keep Sinning. Now, what, we are under grace. We have more grace and more love of Christ. Now, it does not mean that we keep on sinning because the Bible says the practice of sinning is of the devil. Once you have repented and changed from, from the sin, when God has given us the knowledge that we have sinned against him, we need to turn back. We need to turn back from the sin and we need to stop sinning. And because it says, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Now as I told you, grace is not a topic or a subject. It is a person and his name is Jesus. Amen. As long as and when we know that grace is in us, Jesus is in us. We would not even think of sinning. We would not even think of doing those things which displeases or hurts or grieves 
the Holy Spirit. We will not walk under flesh. The book of Galatians chapter 5 says that. What are, what are the fleshly activities? Because now we consider ourselves because as God lives inside of us, we are the living tabernacle of Jesus. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. Our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And that is why we need to be sure that we, we walk in grace, we have the uh, righteousness mentality and we serve God with our heart and our mind and our soul. And that's what the Lord wants us. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for this grace, Lord, which you've given us, Father. By dying on the cross, by shedding your blood and making us to sit in the heavenly realms, Lord Jesus. And your word says that you who are rich in mercy and your love is so great that you loved us, which you showed upon the cross, Master. And you have taken every sin, every shame, every guilt, every judgment, everything you have executed on the cross, my Lord. And today, Lord Jesus, because of thy love for us, you have quickened us and you have made us to sit in the heavenly places with you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Before I close, Today's memory verse is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 9. And this would be the verse where we can meditate for today. Romans, chapter 5, verse 9. It says, And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Amen. Because if you read... Uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it says, Now there is no condemnation of for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Amen. So today's verse is that we have been made right. You and me have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ. And he will surely save us from God's condemnation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So, Thank you, uh, Pastor Daniel. Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Amen.